The Lord is risen, alleluia. He is risen indeed, alleluia. This was an ancient greeting used by the early Christians in the Easter season and how they would greet one another. This is our faith. This is what has been revealed in the Scriptures, witnessed by the apostles, who not only saw the empty tomb, but they also saw Jesus when he appeared to them several times after the resurrection. We are here tonight to celebrate this faith. But what about those who do not believe in our scriptures? What about those who do not profess any Christianity of any kind? Those that are weak in faith or may have lost faith altogether? What about those whom the gospel has not yet reached, who have not heard the good news? What proof can we offer to these people that Jesus Christ is real and alive and that he has truly risen? The answer that the church has always given throughout the history of her life is God's people. Saints with a capital S or a small s. And I'll be very content with a small one. It is those in whom the life of Christ abides out of whom the risen life of Christ radiates, which is always our proof, our greatest evidence that this mystery we celebrate is real and not a myth or wishful thinking. And so I want to talk about an example of this testimony and witness of the risen Christ in the life of a member of our church. I'm not going to pick someone from our own community, even though I have many options to pick from, but I do not want to embarrass any one of you or put you on the spot. So I'm going to talk about a young woman who died Thursday night, the Feast of the Last Supper. She died at 8.45 in the evening. Her name is Mary Sandcamp. I anointed her that same day in the morning, and she died that night at 8.45. Her life is a living, powerful testimony 
of the risen, glorified life of Jesus. I met her about three years ago when I was up in Clearwater, Minnesota, up in the northern tundra of the archdiocese where we enjoyed the glacial breezes from Canada. (laughs) She came one day seeking counsel on her Christian life. And there are three areas of her life that I would like to present to you as a living testimony of the power of the risen Lord. Last November, she got the news of a serious, aggressive stomach cancer. And from November until Thursday, this was a very great trial for her. But let me talk about three areas where the risen life was present powerfully in her life. First of all, in the struggle with sin and weakness. Here, we can very much relate to the life of Mary Sandkamp because all of us here tonight, we too struggle with our weaknesses. We struggle with sin. But for Mary Sandkamp, because of the risen Christ who conquered sin, Sin never had the last word. Whenever she was struggling, she would always seek out and receive anew the gift of the mercy of Jesus, a gift that was always given to her whenever she needed it. And that gift of Jesus is the certain promise that sin, because of him, never has to be the last word. That from every sin, from every fall and weakness can spring a new love, a new beginning. And her life was a a string of rosary beads, of new beginnings, of fresh starts. And this is very much like our own life. Another area where the power of the risen Christ was very evident in her life was in her suffering. There were many intense moments of suffering as the cancer progressed from November until last Thursday. Suffering is a painful human experience. But for Mary, this experience that touches our lives in different ways was completely transformed. When we look at the cross of Jesus, we see how Jesus transformed a violent death into a voluntary 
sacrifice. Jesus used suffering as a way to draw close to us. He transformed suffering by turning it into an act of love, by making a gift of himself to us in and through his suffering and death. And so Mary, as she was going through these moments of intense suffering, because she opened it to Christ, Christ was able to bring this newness, this grace, into that experience of suffering, raising it up, lifting it up into a sacrifice as a way to express her love for God and her love for the church. And therefore, it was a way for her love to blossom into many little tiny offerings and gifts and sacrifices which she became glad and joyful to offer for her family, for her loved ones, and for the church. And the final way that the risen Christ was very evident and present, on Monday at the cathedral in St. Paul, her funeral will take place. And there her body in the casket will be clothed with a wedding dress. With a wedding dress. When I met with her, she never married. She was 45 years old when she died. She dated at different times in her life, but she never married. And as I walked with her and her family through this uh, struggle with cancer, she was able to prepare for her own funeral. And she said to me, Father, it feels like I'm preparing for my own wedding. She saw death, thanks to Jesus, as nothing to be afraid of. She saw death transformed because again, because of Jesus, death does not have the last word, the final victory. Death was defeated by the death of Jesus and transformed into a door that goes directly to him. And Mary was looking forward to passing through this door and entering into the wedding feast of heaven to run into the arms of Jesus, the bridegroom. And so she wanted to be dressed in a wedding gown for her funeral. Is that beautiful or what? My dear friends, this is just one example of how you and I bear witness 
to everyone around us, to the whole world, that Christ is risen. And he is risen indeed. And because of this, hope has risen in our hearts. Sin is conquered. Death is defeated. Tears and sorrow will come to an end. Life is worth living. Our future is filled with hope. Jesus is alive. Let us glorify him now as we celebrate this mystery by resounding alleluias unto God. Amen.